Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as inventive as a Stefan Ortega heel flick save, fancy advice as silky as a Florian Wirtz midfield masterclass and two pundits who were both very relieved to crack the 100 point mark in midweek. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 18. And joining me as always, it is the Fantasy Fußball God himself, Flo. Uh, and Flo, I'm not going to lie, after your pretty impassioned plea to have Yannick Gerhardt included in squads in midweek, I was a little upset with you after what transpired, but that was until the player I was initially going to pick instead of Gerhardt didn't even feature in his game. So shout out to Gonzalo Castro for that. Yeah, I'm sorry, James. And you were not the only one who was unhappy about the Gerhardt pick. I can tell you that I did catch some heat and like... I myself was unhappy because he was in my squad as well. And it's one of these things you always assume, rational coaching, but that's just not always the case. Sometimes you, like, Gerhard had a pretty good game against Leipzig, assisted both goals for Wolfsburg, and still he was left out on the bench uh, for Philipp, who, like, hasn't shown his real potential at Wolfsburg so far this season, uh, came on. And... Yeah, it's it's one of these things we we like we'll always be wrong on some of these things who is going to start or not. I felt pretty safe with Gerhard and yeah, uh, that was just uh yeah, uh, Glasner did catch me out in the cold, but I mean the good thing is now we don't have to worry if we want to sell him or not. We can start our teams from scratch because we're having unlimited transfers. I just wish James we knew that beforehand like two match days back I, i really think i'm going to lobby next summer i'm going to lobby that there will be put out a schedule with times when there's there going to be unlimited transfers because this is i mean it would be wonderful to um implement that in your tactics how you approach uh bundesliga fantasy and it's just not possible because like I, i wasn't expecting that uh because of the English Woche and it's just like one and a half days where the transfer market is open. I'm I'm really that caught me by surprise. I think I think it's caught a lot of people by surprise, which is why I'm glad we're putting out a show today to at least spread the message the fact that there are unlimited minutes. transfers. Hey? Fifteen minutes, James. Just fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, yeah. Is that what we've got to do? We've got to keep this all in fifteen minutes now. I, I was going to say it was going to be difficult even before unlimited transfers, and the whole game has changed now. And 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 that is it. It was because of the listener questions that started coming in and people asking. I had a tip off about the fact that there must have been something up because we were getting questions about goalkeepers constantly. And I was going, hold on a second. Was oh, we've got unlimited transfers. Oh, that's a that's a pleasant surprise. Um, and yeah, all of a sudden it is a bit of a game changer. And I'm, I'm slightly disappointed myself because I do feel that it's going to level the playing field a little bit. And there were players I had in my squad that I was very happy were not in the majority of squads. Uh, someone of, or a couple of them, I'm sure we'll get a mention on this show, but. As a result, yes, the, the the playing field has been leveled again a little bit. We're going to have to work with it now. But it does also, on the flip side, give you the opportunity to 
players like Jonas Hoffman, Erling Haaland that are in my squad, and I'm pretty sure they're in your squad as well, Flo, yeah. that I probably would have been going, you know what, I'm just going to hold on to them because might as well, like, I don't need to rush getting them out and they may come good. And now I'm going, well, hold on, with unlimited transfers, do I need to have a rethink? And this is a nice opportunity to do that because we do have players like the two I just mentioned that are flopping. We've had Andre Kramrich all of a sudden show that he can actually uh, score big in the fantasy world once again. We had Florian Wirtz going from the problem child who's been in and out of people's squads. And to be honest, at the start of 2021, he was probably in pretty much everyone's squad. And now this weekend, he turned into a, or in midweek, he turned into a differential, which is a huge shift for him. But it was an incredibly fascinating thing to see in the fantasy world. And so, yeah, now we've got, now we've got a lot to, lot to play with. So without further ado, should we get onto some listener questions? Because this is where the, the golden nuggets will hopefully lie in our answers. Uh, it's starting with one from our good friend Hafid FW, who having asked about Schalker assets for the last two weeks flow is now asking whether it's time to bring back Freiburg assets instead. Yeah. Well, uh, they have a decent matchup, I think now, uh, at home against Stuttgart. Bielefeld scored three goals against Stuttgart, but. Like the result is misleading. It was a much closer game than the result shows between Bielefeld and uh, Stuttgart. But I still think there could be attacking rewards to reek here for for Freiburg. And Grifo is always um, a good one to invest. But the next two fixtures, actually, I don't like that much. It's at Wolfsburg and then at home against Dortmund. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Maybe you'd rather invest in, in Stuttgart assets because uh, they're playing next Friday evening at home against Mainz. So it's, it's a big head start if you have like, uh, you can find two to three good Stuttgart assets. And I think that's where I'm leaning. And the only exception might be Vincenzo Grifo. But I'm not sure if I'm like going to pull, pull the trigger just because of the next two matches. Yeah, I think that's a valuable way of looking at it. And I was looking at Freiburg's schedule. And admittedly, I mean, you've picked out the next two against Wolfsburg and Dortmund. But, you know, a way to Bremen and Leverkusen and a home game against Union squeezed in between. It's not like any of those are really that attractive in a fantasy sense. And yes, I think Grifo, we've talked about his qualities, but I wouldn't be rushing to get them back in. Uh, second part of Hafid FW's question flow is asking about Hoffenheim and Hertha because they're, I think, two of the conundrums in 2021 so far. I think a lot of people looked at uh, Mateusz Cunha, uh, Andre Kramrich as play- players that they could rely on, Baumgartner to a lesser extent, Sessegnon, maybe Mittelstädt if you were feeling adventurous this weekend or this week. And now I'm not sure that they've really proven that they can be relied upon. So where are we at with these two teams? Both have good matchups this weekend. Hoffenheim is hosting Cologne. It's a standalone fixture. It's the last game of the match day. And Hatter is playing at home against Bremen. That's a Saturday evening fixture. So it's a standalone fixture as well. So this is definitely a positive. But Hoffenheim uh, is playing at Munich uh, next week. And Hatter is playing at Frankfurt. Um, and they are really good right now. So that's something to keep in mind. And I'd don't want to load up. So I probably, I'd rather invest in Bremen assets because they're playing at home against Schalke next week than Hertha assets because I think it's a toss-up who is going to win this game anyway. So I'm leaning towards the squad who has a better matchup next week. And the Bremen players to invest, definitely our our guy Felix Agu. Uh, I don't have the drop right now, uh, 
oh, oh, wait a second, James. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm talking, but uh, then we'll be able maybe to hear the small clip because I heard that you guys uh, actually in, enjoyed having that. So Agu definitely interesting as long as Augustinsson is out, and that should be the case uh, on this match day. Uh, still, and uh, if we're looking at Hoffenheim, I think Baumgartner and Kramaric, if you're just looking to the next match day, um, these two are two of my favorite fantasy players. Only problem is the matchup at Munich next week, so I don't want uh, I don't want two Hoffenheim players in my squad when they're facing Munich, so that's a decision to make. For instance, if you bring in, in Grifo, who are rather not have the week after that and then load up on Hoffenheim and Hertha, you're going to hit trouble next week. So that's something you have to keep in mind. Um, but Baumgartner and Kramaric still are very interesting uh, for me. No, without a doubt. Um, final part of Hafid's question then, Flo, is asking about the man, the myth, the legend, Erling Haaland. Finally, he's hit a bit of a dry patch in front of goal. And not just that, but worryingly for fantasy fans, He's not really having a lot of chances either. So he asks, stick or twist? Well, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I think the last time I said he's not a must-have, he scored four goals after that away from home. And he had a great fantasy game at Leipzig. So you never know. I personally lean on not like he, he can break out in any matchup. We've seen that from Haaland. But you have to make sensible choices. And other players can have great games as well. So you... Uh, um, and that's the reason why I personally won't, pr probably. Um, I have to see because I haven't made any drafts right now. And uh, we haven't done like the prep we usually do before a uh, podcast just because of the tight schedule with uh, the midweek fixtures. And James and I are, are busy on other uh, parts. And uh, so you, you have to, uh, yeah, uh, excuse us. Um, that I haven't sought everything through, but Haaland is like, it's... And, and for unlimited transfers, Flo, you can't think everything <laughs> through anyway. So we, we could be here for, we could be doing a normal show right now and I still don't think we'd cover all the bases. Yeah, that's probably true. But uh, yeah, I personally uh, don't think that Haaland will be in my squad. Let's, let's keep it this way. Yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely heading in that direction myself, though I feel like I might chicken out on Friday night when he's in the starting lineup against Gladbach and I just fancy a few goals in that game but uh, that that will be probably one of those last minute decisions uh, on my part let's move on to the next listener question it's from at j.queralt uh, who says would you prioritize selling Sane or Hoffman this week and is it too risky to replace them with a Leipzig midfielder and so this is one of those questions flow that comes in and you go well first thing we need to tell you is that there are unlimited transfers yeah. and you can get rid of both Sane and Hoffman if you want yeah, I mean, it's a high likelihood that none of these two guys are in my squad. That's, that's just the way it is. With Hofmann, he, he's taking a small break from having a career year right now. That's what we've seen. So I'm not eager to jump on the, the bandwagon uh, with him again. And we, uh, if we look at the schedule after the uh, Dortmund game, they're playing at Union. Um, that's not the easiest place uh, to play. You can ask at Dortmund or Leverkusen both lost there. So I wouldn't necessarily... Like, it's possible that I don't have any players of the Friday match 
And I think the most intriguing one for me right now would be Gio- uh, Giovanni Reina just because of his price tag if he's in the, back in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's been a bit of a weird road for Giovanni Reina. Um, but yes, if he does get back in the starting lineup, it would be interesting to see whether he can start recreating some of the form we did see in the early stage of the season. He was six, so... I wouldn't hold it too much against him. Well, no, him, I'm also but... talking before Christmas, right? He, you know, his involvement, he was still performing very well, but his involvement in goals dropped. And so from a fantasy standpoint, he wasn't picking up passes to a shot or getting that many shots off himself. And that was worrying, and that was before, you know, the illness and the absence. Um, and so at that point, I'd say, yeah, that was it was a cause for concern, but he was missing his partner in crime back then, Erling Haaland, and you wonder whether those two combined once again could bring out the best in both. But yes, again, there's an element of risk that comes along with that, even on a Friday night. Let's talk then about the next question. At FF underscore Vader says, are Gerhardt and Doom priorities to drop now? And is it worth keeping to read up for the standalone fixture against Bremen? I wouldn't drop a World Cup winner, James. It's just <laughs> like our role. Um, uh, I mean, FF Vader probably didn't know about the unlimited transfers when he asked the question, but I still is still think it's, it's good to talk. Um, I fully expect Durham to be back in the starting lineup. He just got a breather probably at Freiburg and uh, he has to be in the lineup. I think, I don't think there's a way around Durham the way he was performing and his price tag. Um, I, I think he's very close to a must-have asset. To replay that, but he couldn't like, he hasn't outplayed Durham at Freiburg. Um, so I, I, I totally expect Durham to be back, so I wouldn't worry too much. I expect Gerd to be back, but they're playing at Leverkusen. So um, I, I'd rather, like in the same price category as Gerhard, um, I mean, Yunus is looking pretty, pretty good for 6.9 million, and he's my favorite midfielder under 7 million, I, I guess, I would say. Yeah, he's certainly been in very good form. The goal he scored against Freiburg was incredibly well taken. He almost seemed surprised to have ended up in that much space um, as he was, but hey, he took it very, very well. And yes, at that price tag, he's very attractive. Yeah, and um, one thing about Derrida, because I haven't uh, talked about him, if I would buy a Hatter midfielder, which I won't, but uh, if I would, Derrida would be the one. Well, I say, I mean, I've had him I in my squad with for Adam, the last unlimited tr- Yeah, it's, like I said, I'm, I don't love him and I don't like the next week's matchup. And Bremen has been very solid away from home. Um, I'm not sure like how much is chance of that because I don't think that the difference between home and away games isn't that big. Um, but, but still, that's... Uh, worst consideration. I mean, last time I said that about Cologne, I think they <laughs> yeah. got rooted with five goals at Freiburg. But <laughs> I, I don't hope that uh, uh, it will uh, repeat. History will repeat in that regard. No, definitely not. Although you do seem to have you make a habit of making these predictions and then having them flip on you uh, in the very next game. But uh, it's a talent that few can boast, Mr. Reinecke. Let's move on to the next question um, at FPL Fanatics, who says, which teams, according to you, have the best attacking potential over the next three to four match days? Similarly, which teams do you fancy defensively? So he's looking for a big overview here. And I have to say, I mean, I dipped into the fixture list a little bit, flow to look at how some of these sides were shaping up over the next couple of games and if we're being very honest 
Bayern and Leipzig have a pretty attractive fixture list over the next six games. And I say six because we've got six fixtures or match days that have been set in stone in terms of when who's playing when um, mm-hmm. throughout throughout the, the kickoff weekend. times. Right, the kickoff times have been set in stone. Thank you very much, Flo, for yeah. helping me out in my own. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you have tongue. to search for the right English term. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. But the other one, I mean, Dortmund as well. After this game against Gladbach, they really have a nice run. Uh, games against Augsburg, Freiburg, Hoffenheim, Schalke and Bielefeld. So five out of five games against teams in the bottom half of the table. Uh, Bayern have five games out of six against teams in the bottom half of the table and Leipzig have four out of six. However, if you're looking beyond those, there are some teams that are interesting. We've mentioned a few already, Flo, and the the three that stand out for me, Frankfurt, Stuttgart and your Werder Bremen, because their next three games are actually against teams in the bottom five. And that's certainly not a bad prospect in a fantasy sense. Yeah, um, you're spot on there, James. That would have been the teams I would have mentioned, uh, especially Frankfurt. I'm, I'm pretty high on Frankfurt. They, I, I think they scored at least two goals in their last six Bundesliga games. So uh, they're, they're, like, they're really starting to click uh, up front. Uh, only problem with Frankfurt is like I'm afraid of rotation uh, by Adi Hütter. And with Jovic on the scene, like Silva would be a lock if I knew that he's going to start. But there's some do- doubt um, that maybe Jovic gets a start and Silva gets rested on the weekends. For for instance, Kicker, uh, they don't have um, Silva in their predicted lineup. That's like one thing of concern. But I, I wouldn't be concerned with Armin Yunus because like Hütter praised him a lot and said basically he's the key to our creative. He's our creative mind, and so I, I would feel safe with Eunice, and I think he's probably the... Uh, Durham and Eunice are in my squad, and the only question is, is uh, will there be another Frankfurt uh, player? And that would be a striker, and that would be Andre Silva. I'm just not feeling comfortable enough to say that he's going to play to, to make that decision. Yeah, I, I, we started talking about it a bit in the last couple of match days since we knew that Jovic was returning. And I do feel like you've got to work out when are you going to jump off the Andre Silva bandwagon? It's probably going to have to happen at some point soon. It's just when and can you get the timing right? And I have to say, even though, I mean, Kicker, it's just, it's one of those where I read the, the predicted lineups. So I was like, no, Kicker, I needed you to say Silva. Like, give me a bit of confidence that he's going to be in the starting lineup because it is a it is a concern that he could get rotated out. He did play well against Freiburg, but he has had a run of uh, long games that, you know, demanded a lot. Um, and it's just so hard to then consider taking him out ahead of a game against Bielefeld when you know if he is in the starting lineup still, or if Hutter's maybe even more adventurous and goes for both of them in the starting lineup then he could certainly reap the rewards. But uh, we've got to kind of wait and see. Barcock is suspended for that game. Um, so that's definitely, that, that heightens the chance of Jovic and Silva both playing. But Kamada so also played really well off the bench against Freiburg. That was the problem, yeah. right? Yeah, it's either, like I expect Kamada and Yunus behind Silva, but there's a 30% chance in my mind that Jovic gets a start ahead of Silva. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yes, I, we wait to see what Adi Hütter will do. Um, but I do agree with you that two two Frankfurt players is good. Three, yeah, if you fancy the gamble, is probably not a bad route to go either over the next couple of games. Okay, we will leave it there for part one of Talking Foosball Fantasy. We'll be back in part two with a roundup of the goalkeeping debate and our player picks. 
to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. And uh, let's get cracking on with the discussion about goalkeepers, because as I mentioned, it was the tip-off that something was awry in the Bundesliga fantasy world, uh, what with unlimited transfers. And we got several questions about them, uh, but two I picked out. Uh, one from our good friend at Fox Connect, who yeah, hasn't written in in a while, and he's actually admitted, Flo, that he hasn't been listening for the last couple of months, which, I mean, that's just poor form in, in my books. <laughs> I didn't know that that was legal. <laughs> James. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Uh, surely entrance into the Talking Foosball Fantasy League should, you know, you should be listening to pretty much every episode. That's what we expect of you yeah, guys. At least there. download yeah. them. <laughs> so that's the least you could do. Very true. Very true. Um, <laughs> but Folks Connect says, uh, are there any two goalkeepers who provide real flexibility over the next couple of match days? Again, we'll talk about the next six because those are the kickoff times that we can work with. And we also had one from at Demon 2600 who said with unlimited transfers available. And this was it. Demon was the, Dimitri was the one that really tipped me off to the unlimited transfer. So I really appreciate it, Dimitri, because uh, this show would have been very weird uh, if it, we hadn't known that, actually. <laughs> it would have been absolutely hilarious. But he is asking about the fact that Ortega is playing so well. Is it even worth getting a second playing goalkeeper given the fact that Ortega is so reliable and we should consider the fact that Flecken might be returning soon for Freiburg. So I, I did the diligent duty of dipping into the fixture list, as I mentioned earlier, and I checked out how things are going to pan out with some of these goalkeepers because there are some interesting options. Over the next six match days, there are five teams that have four standalone fixtures out of the next six, and that's the most out of anyone in the Bundesliga. Those teams are Gladbach, Köln, Bremen, Hoffenheim and Leipzig. So those do give you some options. Of course, you've got the high price keepers like Gulacci and Sommer in there uh, and Oliver Bauman. But Pavlenka at 7.2 million, Horn at 5.7. They do offer you potentially mid-priced uh, options. Fairman on Ortega, in terms of pairings, I'll be honest, I've got Corbel and Ortega, and that's been a wonderful pairing since the start of the new year. And I'm not sure I'm going to change it, even though they actually clash twice in the next six games, including this weekend. If you're looking for someone that clashes the least, the best combination I could find you that I would actually endorse is Ralph Fairman and Stefan Ortega because they do not clash for the next five match days. That's kind of where I'm at with the goalkeeper's flow. Well, how are you, like, what's your gut saying when it comes to the men between the sticks? Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm doing that on matchups alone. So I probably, I'm going with Fairman and Ortega. I feel safe enough with Fairman right now. I would feel safe with Foyer Müller's, uh, because, like, he is having a good season. I can't see Streich changing his goalkeeper, even if Flecken is back. I don't expect that to happen. Because uh, Flecken never was the number one at Freiburg. That's something to keep in mind. So uh, I, I don't think that Müller, as long as he uh, is playing well, which he does at the moment, uh, has to come off, even if, if Flecken is back. And it was a lengthy injury, so... You you seem a bit more skeptical from what I'm reading into your expression, James. So. I, I I am because Freiburg really went into the season definitely making Flecken their number one until the injury and then they had to take this emergency option to bring in a backup because unfortunately Benjamin Uphoff is not quite up to scratch in the Bundesliga and I understand that. But this is it. I wonder, I mean, Muller's been in such good form that it's hard to take him out. It's whether Christian Streich still believes he really owes it to Flecken after years of playing back up to Alexander Schwolo to then let him have his moment. But it's a risky thing to do when Freiburg and Muller 
are in good form right now, and that's why I'm I'm skeptical because I think Christian Strike is a is an admirable person, and I think he has a very big heart. And I could see him, therefore, sticking with what he intended to do at the start of the season and going for Flecken. But I also know that he's a very pragmatic head coach. And with Muller in good form and his team in good form, he may not want to do it. So it's a very risky one. But I could see Flecken coming into the squad and maybe seeing out the season. Okay. So, um, yeah, t take that for what it's worth. So you, now I probably won't pick Muller just because of what you said, James. But uh, I felt safe before uh, I heard you talking about it but usually i mean ortega is 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 great right now he's a great keeper that safe was one of the best i ever saw uh period a really great stuff if you haven't seen that you you should definitely check it out but i still think he can be the lowest scoring goalkeeper uh going forward without any problems just because he's not getting the chances to save shots but like has no chance of saving goals and then he'll have a bad fantasy game it's just like like goalkeeper i'm i'm not worrying too much about predicting goalkeeper scoring in in fantasy i want my goalkeepers to be cheap and i want them to play not at the same kickoff time and that that's basically my whole uh, shtick with with goalkeepers and and that's um, where I end up. So if you're saying Ortega and Ferman, then Ortega and Ferman it is for me. Yeah, I, I mean, they do dovetail nicely over the next couple of games. And I mean, Ortega, I think, is one of those that's in the camp of having three standalone fixtures. And I have a feeling Schalke are as well, actually. Um, and that's why they do well to dovetail because, you know, I was looking into, yeah, Freiburg or Mainz with Robin Zentner and they just didn't, there were too many fixtures where they were ended up clashing. And you thought, well, okay, you're losing out anyway. So at that point, it's probably not worth gambling on that pairing. Um, and that's why I, I like Ortega. Ortega's going to stay, but I do agree with Flo. I mean, he's a risky player. Bielefeld can quite as easily concede three and him not make any saves um, as they can having these games where he's making, you know, a big, big difference. But he is the type of player that I think a lot of people will be uh, disappointed they didn't bring him in at the start of the new year. And now that they have the chance with unlimited transfers in this quick window, I think they're really going to seize the opportunity with Ortega. And just closing out the listener questions then, because I think we've covered all the bases with the goalkeepers there, Flo. Uh, Demon2600 two, uh, did have a second part of his question, and since we're not doing the fixture list, just wanted to ask it anyway, because he wanted to know what matchups do we see as the most investable ones this match day? I really like Hoffenheim against Cologne uh, on the Hoffenheim side. Bayern and Leipzig are big favorites. We know where, like... Lewandowski is a must-have, Angelino is a must-have, and the other positions are up for debate a bit, uh, I think, at both clubs. Uh, we'll talk about that in, uh, during the player picks. At a Bremen, I think Bremen has some nice um, assets. Um, our guy, Felix Agu. Ich bin Felix Agu, Felix Agu, einfach Felix Agu. Was willst du tun? Yeah, that... Yeah, we we had to take the time to to get that on the show uh, again. So uh, a good midfield. Um, Schmid actually is not looking that bad for five million. He probably will play up front. I think it's an eighty percent chance that he gets the start again at Berlin and uh, a cheap differential pick with um, a decent matchup with a great matchup next week. So that's uh, to keep in mind with Bremen. 
Frankfurt uh, is very high on my list. Away game at Bielefeld, high flying, good matchup next week. And also, I think Stuttgart with them playing at Fry um, at Mainz next Friday uh, is a matchup I invest in, and I expect that Freiburg against Stuttgart will be like there will be fantasy points scored there the way uh, the game is set up. Yeah, the way Stuttgart will want to bounce back from that defeat to Bielefeld and the fact is Frankfurt showed that Freiburg can concede even if they did need a little help from Kevin Schlotterbeck's arse, of all things. Um, but that's just the way football goes sometimes, isn't it? Uh, no, I like your picks. Let's talk about player picks then to close out the show uh, because we are... Yeah, you, we're probably going to cross the half-hour mark this time. <laughs> um, Vegas choice, Flo. Who are you going for? I'm going with Leroy Sunny. Uh, and I'm not sure that it's wise to pull the trigger on him. Because uh, I expected him, and we both expected him to start in midweek because Nabri was questionable going into the game. So why would Flake risk Nabri getting injured when he's so injury prone? Uh, but he still did it, which is not, like, that's not boding well for Leroy Sané that he didn't get the start. But I think Flick is a player's coach. And now they're playing at Schalke. And that's... Like, that's where Sané came onto the Bundesliga scene. I think he actually came through from Bochum, so it's not his home club in that regard. But uh, still, it's not a usual game for Sané. And I can see Flick giving him the start. And we, like when he's on the pitch, he actually does perform in a fantasy sense. So it's, it's risky. It's 18 million, nearly. But he, like, he has great uh, differential potential. And that's the reason why I, I even think about bringing him in. On top of that, I'm not feeling too comfortable with the Leipzig midfielders because there are so many roads uh, where Nagelsmann can go uh, with how he shapes out his squad. And that's like there's some risk um, at most player picks. You have, and with Sané, we know he has a, a very high ceiling, points-wise. Yeah, without a doubt. I saw someone put it really well that Joshua Kimmich is the floor, Zane is the ceiling. But I think you could apply that. I mean, that's just for, for Bayern midfielders, really, because the, the market in midfield for Bayern is slightly limited, really, to your three players, Kimmich, Goretzka, and Zane, when he is in the starting lineup. So... I like him as a Vegas choice flow. I'm not going to lie because he did score against uh, against Schalke on match day one as well of this season. We shouldn't forget. Um, I've gone with a bit of a different route. Vegas choice, Felix Agu. I think there's an element of risk with a player like Agu and with Bremen at any time, unfortunately, flow. But for 3.4, I think you could do uh, much worse when you're using your unlimited transfers and it'll help you free up a bit of your budget for big money strikers or big money midfielders, whichever you're prioritizing in this window. Um, because I think the other question with him is how long is he going to stay in the starting lineup? Would he maybe even still stay in the starting lineup if he continues performing at this level, even when Augustinsson comes back? There are options, and he could be another of those great players, along with Eric Durham and Borna Sosa, that are just in that wonderful, very cheap bracket for defenders. So uh, I like him as a Vegas choice this week. How about your super schnepchen? I think there are a lot of, like, we, we talked about Durham, we talked about Sosa and passing. I think both of these guys are more than viable and probably should be in your squad. But I'm feeling the same way about Amin Yunus for 6.9 million. And I really hope it's not 
like the replay of what I said about Yannick Gerhardt, but um, I'm I'm fully expecting Yunus to start. I think he can have very big fantasy games. He had 13, did score 13 points at Freiburg, I, I think, uh, and I feel pretty safe with him, as safe as you can get at the end of an English Woche. So uh, for me, it's, I'm in Yunus. Yeah, no, I can't really disagree with that pick either. But for my Super Schnepchen, and I realize now it's a bit weird because my Vegas choice is actually cheaper than my Super Schnepchen. But given the fact that we had a limited transfers and we rarely get to talk about goalkeepers, I couldn't help but bring in Stefan Ortega as my Super Schnepchen, 6.5 million. I think, yes, Flo, Flo's right. There's an element of risk with Bielefeld and their goalkeeper at all times, but he is making saves on a regular basis. And if he keeps that type of form up, even if they do concede the odd goal here or there, or maybe even get a bit of a transfer every now and again it should be survivable for you as your goalkeeper how about your banker flow um i just wanted to add one name we haven't i think talked about at all uh in this show and that's marius wolf Ooh, okay um from cologne he's sitting at 4.4 million and he's playing up front as a striker right now i mean playing as a striker for cologne is not the best uh possible scenario but at least he's shown that he's capable of having decent games. Did pick up 10 points against Hertha, 8 points at Freiburg, 10 points at home against Augsburg. And really, the game at Schalke with 3 points was the only disappointing game he had in the last four. So that's definitely something to think about if you think that Cologne... I believe they are competitive at Hoffenheim. And so Wolf is, is definitely a differential pick I wanted to, to mention at least. Um, my banker pick is on the other side of Cologne is Andre Kramaric for 16.4 million. He would be one of the guys that would be elated if we didn't have unlimited transfer that he's still in my squad because I think he, like, he, he was sold by most people at, <laughs> at the latest um, before the last match day and I don't think many would have rushed in to get him back into the squad with just two, three transfers but now He's looking one of the uh, uh, as one of the best picks for the weekend in my books, and I like this. Just like unless he doesn't get himself injured from now until kickoff, he's going to start, and that's more like that's that's worth something, and and that's the reason why I probably uh, will have him uh, as my striker, and um, pair that with them having a standalone fixture is just. Uh, perfect. What's not perfect is the matchup next week at Munich, but <laughs> yeah. you already mentioned that. So yeah, well, have you, a backup plan what you're going to do next week. You can't you can't have everything in this life flow, unfortunately. Um but I'm glad I'm glad the Cramrich pick finally paid off because you are right. I was one of the people that sold him, I think, two match days ago, um, as part of my getting rid of all my Hoffenheim assets. And yeah, I, I did kind of regret it, but I don't I wasn't unhappy that I got on the Andre Silver bandwagon when I did. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I do like Andre Kramrich as a pick because if you've listened to this show for any number of the last, what, three seasons we've done that before this season, if you know anything about Andre Kramrich in the fantasy world, when he scores one, he tends to or score in one match, he tends to then score in four or five, or at least, you know, pick up a nice tally and a nice little purple patch that you can ride. Uh, so it could be a very good time to get on that bandwagon. I can understand why Flo's a little upset about the unlimited transfers as a result. Um, my banker, um, I think you can look at you can look at the Bayern players. I think they're very obvious picks. I think uh, Leipzig as well. You know, we saw what they did against Mainz last season. So I've dipped into the Danny 
But, but who are your, your Leipzig players? I'm, I'm curious. Apart from Angelino, who you feel like so safe that you would say is a banker for you? Uh, Danny Olmo. He's the really? only one. He's the yeah. only one. Because I like, I like Unkunku's upside. I didn't mind bringing him in, uh, in midweek. It, it turned out okay after a pretty poor first half, but I can't necessarily guarantee that Unkunku's going to start every game. And I can't do that with Danny Olmo either. No, no, no. I said I can't do that with Olmo, but I feel like Olmo's going to start five of the next six at the least. And I can't, I, Unkunku, I'm down at like four, maybe three. Yeah. So if I'm going into that Leipzig midfield, I think almost the way forward. I'll be honest, it's, there's an element of risk this weekend because it could be the time he gets rotated out against Mainz. I do understand that, but. That, that's just my feeling because he played, like he has played, I think, almost every minute so far this year. I'm going to have to look that up now, Flo. You're, you're doing what Kicker did to me early with Andre Silva. You're just adding uncertainty to my life. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry about that, but. Like I like Olmo was one of these guys like I wouldn't sell because that would be insane going into the uh, next match day, but I wouldn't have feel, felt great even with the matchup against Mainz because like my feeling is they, like Kluivert is back in the frame. They've got Nkunku back. Forsberg got a rest um, in midweek. Haidara uh, can can play there, so uh, Sabitzer can play in a more attacking role. They, like he has so many options that I just not I'm not feeling safe with Danny Olmo. And yeah, it's it, like it could be a big mistake not having him. I to I totally get that, but I'm not like you have to pay premium dollars if I want to pay. Like if I pay up for a player, I I love that player. To, to feel more certain that he actually starts. So, and, and I'm looking this year, he started all four games that were uh, already got swapped out at Wolfsburg in the 89th minute, got swapped out against Union at the 87th minute. So he basically played every minute. So if, if Nagelsmann wants to give him a rest, I think this is the game, but. Who knows? Um, it's, it's crucial for, for Leipzig not like to not drop points. That's the other side of the coin. Oh, you're, so you're so right. <laughs> I still think it's more likely he plays. I'm just not sure that I feel safe enough to, to pick him. Okay, you know what? Let me, let me change tact here, if you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen, because if I'm being honest, uh, it flows right. There's an element of risk here. And the player that, let's say, even before unlimited transfers were coming in, there was one player I was guaranteed to have in my squad coming into this weekend. His name was Nicolas Gonzalez. So I'll make him my, my banker. Because yeah. he was, I was 100% put, putting him into my squad. It's a great So pick. therefore, yeah, he's actually a perfect fit for a banker. I should have made, should have thought of that earlier while I was writing it. So thank you, Flo, for pulling me up on that. Um, I think, yes, actually, I feel much, I feel much better with that pick, <laughs> strangely enough. I, I mean, the thing is, we, 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 we're playing a game of, um, probabilities, but the result at the end is binary, and that sometimes is like tough to swallow. So either Almo plays, then he's a pretty good pick, or he doesn't play, then he's a bad pick, and there's nothing in between. Um, but we 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 just can't be sure, and like the the art is to to navigate these probabilities to get the best binary result, but at the end you should. Like you should be clear that like sometimes you just like it's sometimes it's just luck. You you can't know things for sure. And sometimes it's just luck. And I think acknowledging that and making that part of your think process, which place to bring in or to sell 
is good. And then if you saw that through and made the decision, had the right arguments, don't worry too much about the results. Don't slack yourself off if like some guy, like when Haaland had this four game, uh, four goal games, like that come, that came out of, of the blue. We know that Haaland is capable of that. What has he done in the last games, for, in, for instance? So it's not like, and, and you like, yeah, that's, that's just something I won't, I, I don't think you can emphasize enough uh, in, in fantasy games as a, in general. Yeah, no, a, a, a little philosophical way to end it, but you're not wrong. I mean, uh, just to use an example, I, I think... Why, why just little philosophical? <laughs> no, it's okay, deeply philosophical. Would you like it? you prefer yeah. deeply philosophical? Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, I prefer I'm that. on top of one of our mini leagues that Flo and I are in, actually, our company one. Um, and it was interesting because I, I went top because I had a good run, but the, the player that was in the mini league that was top... Um, had actually definitely made a few mistakes in the weekends leading up to that. I remember him leaving Lewandowski on the bench, for instance, one weekend, which you clearly, that's someone that took their eye off the ball. And that was mainly the only reason that I got it back up to top spot in the end. But he reclaimed it because having not really tended to his squad, he still had Florian Wirtz in midweek. And so that made a huge differential and he shot up the leaderboard again. So that's just the way things go sometimes. But uh, I think that's a good note to end on considering we fact you do have unlimited transfers to work with, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. Try and capitalize as much as you can. It might level the playing field. I'm sure there's a template team out there. Uh, if you find it and uh, you can let us know <laughs> and we can work from there as well. But uh, for now, we'll leave it there for this episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. We definitely went over the half hour mark this time, um, but it was worth it when it comes to unlimited transfers. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Fußball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you have not yet, join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James Thorogood Flo, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.